Meredith Monday and something a little bit different today. Ryan Vincent, what's going on? Not much, my friend. Just uh, just sitting in my office, <laughs> in my office chair, chilling out, talking to you. Nice. And uh, you've just come back from a church meeting? Yeah, just at home group. Cool. How'd it go? Yeah, it went well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. went well. Some good discussion. Yeah. Do you guys... Uh, yeah, we were upstairs. Oh, you go. You revolve things around the sermon, or um, do you do yeah. some separate Bible study? No, we revolve things around the sermon. So I just put together some questions based on the sermon, and then we just go through those. Cool. Awesome. Um, and, uh, man, you've been in ministry for, like, over a year now. That's right. Yeah. Dude, tell us two, the story. Two so, years, bro. Two, two years in two, July. Are you serious? Wow, we're getting there already. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So, hey, um, you know, people, I know you, and uh, I think a lot of people who listen to this will know you. Um, but just in case they don't, who are you? Tell us your story, man. Oh, where to, where to begin? Um, so, my name's Ryan. Uh, as you introed me at the start, I uh, grew up in a non-Christian household, became a believer at 19 in my second year of law school. Basically, from day one of being a believer, I was desperate to be a pastor. But I finished my law degree, went to um, went and did profs, Got admitted to the bar, worked for the government for a while. I wasn't practicing law, but I was kind of working with lawyers and, and working there for two years. And then had the opportunity to do an internship uh, at the church that you still pastor at GraceNet there in Wellington. And then did the internship there and became an associate pastor. And then two years ago this year, got the call to Trinity Reform Baptist here in Hamilton. And I've been been here ever since. Yeah, good. Yeah, that's a, that's a good nutshell right there. There you go. Yeah, as every single drop of that can be uh, expanded on, couldn't it? I mean, I remember, I remember the, the frustration of having to, mm-hmm. to finish the law degree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was, what, yeah. you know, that would have uh, sucked. Why did you want to be a pastor from day one? Oh, I don't know. It was, it was just this, just overwhelming desire to to spend my life in the church, and to be spent in the church. Do you think, um, looking back, and this kind of maybe segues into some of the stuff we'll talk about today, but do you think, uh, looking back, uh, it might have been just one of those classic Luther things, you know, where, oh my goodness, Mm -hmm. Lord, if you save me, then, uh, you know, I'll be a monk kind of thing. Or or do you think it was something else? No, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think it was a Luther-like uh, experience as much as I'd like to have as many Luther-like experiences yeah, as possible because totally. because I love the guy. Yeah. Um, but no, it was L- Luther's experience. There was fear driven. You right. know, he was he was desperately trying to escape God's wrath and earn God's grace. Whereas mine was my my desire to be a pastor was was purely affection driven. I, I was just desperate to to do it and and and. If God saw fit, I would be tremendously grateful, and, and He has seen fit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and the other reason a lot of people uh, feel that way, just, um, you know, to begin with, is 
you know, perhaps a lacking theology of vocation. Um, you mm. know, that you know, the only way to be a true Christian, even though it might not be fear driven, mm. is just yeah. um is just, hey, well if I'm gonna be full on, then I'm gonna be full time yeah. ministry basically. And yeah. um yeah, I mean I don't know. Did that I remember one of the reasons I'm thinking that is one of the big books that we started out um reading together, um that uh, had impacted me, you know, a, a few years prior to me recommending it to you, mm-hmm. but I know it had a big impact to you, was was um, Horton's uh, Where in the World is the Church, which mm-hmm. is really just yeah. Kleinian theology in many ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. so did that help you, or what did that do for you in terms of call to ministry? That book did help me um, tremendously. I think almost more than any other book that I can think of offhand, that book helped me. Right. Um, in, in so many ways, but I think one way in which it, it wasn't particularly uh, relevant was was in the in the realm of vocation. I right. think I think uh, yeah, originally that, that my pull towards ministry was wasn't a pull in the sense that okay, if I'm really going to be a Christian and and really going to get to God's good graces, then I need to become a pastor. I don't think it was anything in that direction. Oh, okay, nice. although I did yeah. struggle, I did struggle with that kind of um, approach down the line relating to things other than vocation, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think in that regard, Horton really helped me, you know, kind of this whole feeling feeling like if you're really a true Christian, then you can't really enjoy God's creation. You yes. know, you can't really enjoy art. You can't really enjoy beauty. You can't really enjoy working a nine-to-five ordinary job. I think Horton's book really freed me up there yeah. to – to just see through that as as pure nonsense. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, it's an amazing book. I mean, and we recommend it constantly. So if anyone is listening to this, go check it out. Michael Horton. Oh, Where totally. It's great. It's it's so so good. Um, yeah. But you know, one of the I think with me, and I think probably we've we've spoken about this already. One of the one of the things that it helped me to do. Uh, was because I had a similar experience. You know, I became a Christian mm-hmm. and, and from day one wanted to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or maybe I wouldn't have articulated it that way. Maybe it would be more like from day one, I, I, whatever it means, I just wanted to be as closely connected to the church as I could and, you know, yeah. and, and just full time sounded right. And just that that's was, you know, in those very basic ways fitting where I wanted to go. But mm-hmm. I think one, one thing that evolved out of it is that I didn't really have a, a proper theology of vocation. Um, mm. until much later. In fact, I remember thinking to myself, you know, especially when I was getting sort of selected for certain ministerial tasks and, you know, thinking like, you know, the green light on for seminary and that sort of thing. I remember thinking, uh, you know, feeling so sorry for people that weren't being mm. chosen for these things. And and mm. I, I just remember thinking, shame, but what about them though, you know? And it mm-hmm. was such a, a, rev- a revelation really to discover that they didn't want to. <laughs> You know, yeah. they actually were totally fine not to go into ministry, which was yeah. just mind-numbing to me. I mean, it was just crazy. Mm-hmm. So what it, what Horton did for me was just show that that's actually okay. Um, mm-hmm. And also, in, in an inverse way, open the door should I want to pursue, if there was any baggage that was holding me in some sort of, mm. you know, fear-driven or whatever thing, monkish thing, uh, you know, it would be okay to bail on that and, and just pursue a secular vocation. And, and mm-hmm. then the fact that I didn't do that, I think I need double reinforced that I wanted to be in ministry. So, yeah, it's been mm-hmm. a big, big uh, book for me as well. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. so so much more than just that. But, wow, that book is so important. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, so you did your internship at GraceNet um, just before mm-hmm. we get on to your ministry thing. Um, and that's kind of why I'm slotting you into Meredith Monday. I just said mm-hmm. before we started recording in that I kind of know that uh, we would work well in Meredith Monday. Um, you have, well, even just that very book, I think, uh, the fact that it's had an impact is really just Klein's Doctrine of Common Grace that's fleshed mm-hmm. out by Horton. Um mm-hmm. And uh, and then I know that some of the things you've you've latched hold of, uh, or hold onto at least um, on mm. your journey has been Luther, uh, mm-hmm. and he's a big two kingdom guy, of course. Um, mm. Even though it'd be interesting to talk through his doctrine, it had some slight nuances in what Klein would have said. But um, so two kingdom, and then you know that of course uh, gave you a special uh, repulsion to federal vision oriented things, <laughs> you know, so, so, you know, there's all of that, which fits nicely in a Meredith Monday bucket, and uh, that's that's what this is all about, so that's why you're on this day, bro, just to let you know. Oh, I appreciate it, bro. Yeah. I appreciate and, everything you just said. Yeah, and the honor of uh, being having your name said along with Meredith. Mm. Meredith, isn't that awesome? I know. That's I good. Know. That's I, I, I get a kick out of that every single, every single Monday. Mm. Um, mm. All right, cool. So, hey, so you moved on from your, uh, how long was the internship? About a year, two years. It wasn't really an internship in the way that more, most people think about it. It was more mm. a you came on staff and didn't do seminary, but trained uh, under the local church um, yeah. as, a, as a sort of intentional um, replacement or substitute or more, you know, a more fitting uh, approach in our context for uh, mm-hmm. ministerial training. So that took mm-hmm. a while, didn't it? I mean, it took how long? Well, the the, the official internship was only six months, but right. then when I was brought in as associate pastor, it's not like the the training stopped at that point. Yes. Um, so yeah, that was the the internship slash associate pastor period was two years. Right, and then there was also, of course, the lead up to even the internship, which uh, mm-hmm. although informal, kind of lasted quite a while. You know, it feels like that for oh, me. Oh, ages. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think we got we we you know there's bang for buck there, and and uh, mm-hmm. I don't think you shortchanged. So that's good. Um, so you got into ministry, Reformed Baptist Church. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so you want to talk about your journey into Reformed Baptist theology and how that, that looked for you? Totally. Um, yeah, so I was, I was like you, um, born again in a, in a Pentecostal church. The church was self-described as, as heavily Pentecostal, and I just I jumped in with both feet at the deep end <laughs> mm-hmm. Um upon becoming a Christian, very zealous Christian, very zealous believer, very zealous Pentecostal, and um, and ended up getting quite badly burnt by the whole thing. Right. Um, just as a result of, of not having a clear idea in my mind of of the gospel and of, of God's free grace, mm. and as a result, trying to earn his grace and his love which just so happened to take the form of, um, of Pentecostalism. So, you know, trying to hear from God, trying to receive revelation from God so I would know what to do in order to earn my salvation yeah, and earn his love. And about three years into it, um, ended up kind of having this epiphany where I realized that actually the thing that's missing in the whole thing is the gospel and that the gospel mm. is is just as much needed by the believer as it is by the non-believer. Mm. Um, that happened through the ministry of of, um, of Matt Chandler, um, who you know, you've just been listening to. <laughs> I just played golf with him. How cool is that? Oh, wow. Top golf, that to be cool. fair. It's, uh, 
You know, you know, you know what Top Golf is? No, is it like a driving range? Yeah, it's like a driving range. It's like apparently they okay. invented it in in Texas. Oh wow! But oh, there you go. You know, everyone thought it'd be super novel, but yeah, no. So we we're kind of playing in the same range. We weren't playing with him, yeah. but you know what I mean. It was okay. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but no, he was a big dude in your life. He he was the guy who recommended Grace or a Bible believing church, which led you to. Yeah, Grace. so I, I met him, I met him in um in two thousand nine and. And just told him my situation. Said, "Hey, I'm I'm in a Pentecostal church, and I'm I'm wanting to 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 plant a church. You know, I'm wanting to get involved in ministry." And and he just said, "I would I would say, get out of that stream, get out of the Pentecostal stream, and and get into a different stream, get into a you know a church that more lines up with where you're at biblically." Mm. And so uh, ended up in a different church, uh, slightly more towards the centre. Mm-hmm. In terms of orthodoxy, but that was still wasn't quite what I was after in terms of the gospel being being central. And then eventually found GraceNet, mm. and uh, and I was home. Uh, yeah. And I started coming along on Sunday, and I went back every Sunday for the next, you know, yeah. six or seven years. Um, yeah. The rest so is was my, my, yeah, that's right. My my journey to reform theology and to to reform Baptist theology specifically was. It was really a journey towards the cross and towards the theology that kept the cross at the center. And mm-hmm. so the first thing in my mind wasn't the sovereignty of God or, or, or you know, election or predestination or anything like that. It mm-hmm. was that I, I, I learned that the cross needed to be at the center of, of my life and of the doctrine that I was listening to and of the teaching that I was receiving. Mm-hmm. And I found that the safest harbor for that is um is reformed theology that's, yeah. that's the place yeah. where christ and him crucified is at the center of everything you know just thinking about um something in your journey um mm. and again you know maybe talk to us about why you latched onto luther so much but it sounds like i mean what i'm hearing is it's almost like luther himself or, or a kind of uh, um roman catholic superstitious environment that you're in really in that uh, mm-hmm. heavily charismatic church mm. it ends up being works driven though you're desperate to find something you end up just driving yourself to the to the end of the road and yeah. uh, and much like luther you eventually come to a, a deep appreciation of grace alone mm-hmm yeah yeah, yeah absolutely I mean, is that yeah. is that right or, or is that just kind of uh was that sort of part of the the connection to luther yeah i think so i think i think there were there were parallels yeah. i think kind of you're flattering yourself when you when you compare yourself with luther but yeah. i do think that um i do i do feel an affinity for him because his story is is similar to mine yeah um, although i'm dissimilar from him in so many other ways that i wish and i wish that wasn't true you know i wish i had his his uh his kahunas. Um, yeah, totally. Well, that's probably a bad term for it. But I wish I had his, his guts, you know. Oh, man. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think um, I think there's a definite affinity there. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah no, good. And then, um, and, you know, you mentioned you come to Gracenet and you're, you're home and uh, it's a safe harbor. I remember there were a lot of, uh, lot of, lot of conversations in between there in that mm. there w- was a bit of a journey to, uh, at first I think you, you were struggling a little bit with atonement, you know, and the limited atonement idea. And then even just we had to work on the cessationism and all of that and eventually kind of carved it out. But I remember you did wrestle with it almost, well, most components, m- most of the big ones. Um, and, uh, and then even, uh, what was it? The 
issue of faith and works even, I suppose, you know. Um, I remember there was a little bit of stuff you had to work through there and, and you felt like you finally came to settle on it. Where, where did the, the antipathy for um, uh, Federal Vision come in? I think I, I, it's hard to say. Um, to be honest, I think it's just through through my own experience of not having a clear understanding of of, of the gospel mm-hmm. and of and of how we're made right with God, mm-hmm. and through coming to a right understanding of it, seeing its importance, reading Galatians, you know, Paul couldn't make any clearer how important these issues are, right. how important it is to to understand the gospel right, yeah. um, how important it is to have a right definition of saving faith, how important it is to, to rightly delineate between law and gospel. You mm. know, Paul, mm. Paul makes so clear, if, if righteousness were through the law, Christ died for no purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um that's that's Galatians two twenty one. Galatians three ten. All who rely on works of the law are under a curse. So, so really, I think it was um, just through through reading Galatians that you that you see how important how important it is to get these things right. You know, it's not it's not just a matter of life and death. It's a matter of heaven and hell. Yeah, and it it doesn't get more serious than that. And mm-hmm. there are, there there aren't many things you think about you think about it like. I think so many Christians think if it's in the Bible, then it's important. Mm-hmm. And that's true, but not everything in the Bible is equally important. And I think the Bible very much highlights the importance of getting the gospel right and mm. the absolute peril of getting it wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So you, um, you've moved into a Reformed Baptist church very different from GraceNet in culture, I suppose we could say, mm-hmm. um, although we, we, we're united by the same doctrine. Interestingly enough, the pastor that uh, pastored the church before you studied under Meredith Klein for a while. Mm-hmm. Just remember that yes. now. Yeah, and he didn't yeah. like him. Is that right? Yeah, I don't, I don't think he was the biggest fan of him. Yeah, um, amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I know they, they had him over for dinner. Oh, um, my goodness. Don't which even. is incredible. You know, you have Meredith Klein over for dinner. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, well, I'm yeah. just not going to say anything about that. We're just going to be straight on. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, all right, so you're pastoring a church there, and it's different in that, you know, we have, you know, I suppose I suppose at those points you realize things that are fresh, things that you've been perhaps taking for granted, new things that you got to deal with, all that sort of stuff, um, just mm-hmm. even in moving church, let alone, you know, moving in a pastoral scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, walk us through some of the some of the interesting points of, of perhaps uh, first two years of ministry, biggest challenges, greatest joys, um, mm-hmm. some lessons even. Yeah. Um, I think probably... Probably the the a, a couple of big lessons and, and they're related, but um, the first would be well, th- three three things. Firstly, I think just the the wonderful grace it is that God gives us His Word, and that it's His Word that does the work. Hmm. Uh, I think about Luther when talking about his role in the Reformation. Basically, said I didn't do anything. I sat in the pub and drank beer with my friends and the word of God did the work. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a wonderful simplicity to, to ministry, even even though it's difficult. <clears throat> it's still very simple. 
And I think sometimes we don't think those two things can be true at the same time. Mm-hmm. We, we kind of associate difficulty with complexity. Yeah. But in actual fact, I think ministry is one of those few things that's very, very difficult, but at the same time, very, very simple. Yeah. And that and we're given the Word of God, mm-hmm. and the Word of God does the work. Totally. That's another point that I, well, perhaps not so much in that same book we were referring to earlier, but um, I certainly got, uh, many books Horton has written mm. on that very subject. And mm. uh, yeah, the, the ordinariness, the simplicity of, of the work uh, is, yeah. re- is really lost in so much of what today, you know, uh, comes across as either a, a, a mission plan or discipleship plan. And yeah, we got to, people are burning out left, right and center because they don't, oh, yeah. they don't, they don't pick up on that book. We often yeah. recommend as well is um, uh, it's called I forget the author's name Clay something. I think Clay Verner, um, mm-hmm. Grace for the Burnt Out Pastor, and he just mm-hmm. majors in. He basically takes all of that that theology and just mm-hmm. just majors in on the burned out guy, and just mm-hmm. says, listen. You know, you've got to get this right, otherwise you're just gone. You know, and yeah, I, I, I resonate with that 100. percent Oh yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. So that that's a good key thing to get right in your first uh, two years. Well done, uh, or at least to to have in mind at least. You know, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know it's always mm-hmm. a war to get it right, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, cool. What else? Um, I think related to that, patience. You know, um, you see. Paul admonishing Timothy and 2 Timothy 2, for example, to be patient, even in the face of evil. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's it's very easy for a pastor, especially a young pastor who, who comes in to be very impatient, mm-hmm. especially if you, especially if, you know, especially with regards to evil, you know, Paul is, Paul says explicitly, like it's, it's with, with regards to evil that you need to be, that you need to be patient. And we would think, oh, that's the one thing you shouldn't be patient in the face of. But, mm. but Paul says, no, you, you, you need to be patient, patient with people and patient in, in the church. And, mm-hmm. and I think in many ways that just reflects the Lord. He's so patient with us yeah. in the face of, of our evil. So I think patience as well is something that I've learned that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that it takes a long time for, for people to change and for people to build their trust. You know, that's kind of a related thing that I've learned. As a pastor, you are so used to um, having to judge character that you become quite a quick judge of someone's character. You know, do you know what I mean? You kind of figure out pretty quickly Mm -hmm. if you trust someone or not. Mm -hmm. And so I think you, by default, think that other people are the same Hmm. and that they figure out pretty quickly if they trust you or not. But that's not actually the case. People take a long time to figure out if they, if they trust a person or not. So I think being patient with people in that regard is really important. Yeah. And even sometimes you have to, I find you have to work against that a little bit in your own, Mm -hmm. your own, you know, you think so so often it's been the case that you think, you think you've got it sussed and it ends up being absolutely on its head. You know, that's the lesson most of it, most of the time, but yeah, no, totally agree. Um, Good man. Yeah. Some of your greatest joys, biggest challenges. I think greatest joys would be, coming to appreciate more the character of Christ and the importance of seeing him in his character and reflecting his character. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a really liberating thing. And I, I found that to be a, a real liberating thing recently, just, just the importance of, and the centrality of him and his person. Right. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we serve a person 
And at the end of the day, ministry is all about a person. And um, and I think there's just something wonderfully comfort, comforting about that. Uh, comforting about that. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. And, and liberating. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at Islam right now, just sort of having a deep dive there. And yeah. uh, oh boy, you know that point. It's just yeah, um, yeah wow. You you just there's nothing quite so edifying in some senses to you know in terms of if you want to just build up it's kind of you know you realize what you take for granted sometimes mm. in your own ministry and even belief and faith and theology um mm. until so you just you just sort of get out of that bubble and dive into to another religion and just see what's going on there for a while and you realize oh, yeah. oh boy it's amazing yeah that that person driven everything grace saturating it all uh, yeah. a god of love uh, God, mm-hmm. you know that 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 knows you and cares for you. I mean, yeah. just basics in some sense, but but um, wow, just everything, absolutely everything. That's right. Nothing like yeah, it in any right. other religion. Yeah, great, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, what what sort of stuff are you reading through at the moment? I just mentioned Islam, but what are you, what are you looking at? Yeah, uh, quite a lot. Um, <clears throat> so I just finished the Loveliness of Christ by Samuel Rutherford. That's a wonderful little book. Mm, totally. Um, and I think in many ways just majors on the point that we've just been talking about. You know, mm-hmm. he, he is just – the whole book is just, just a collection of quotes on the loveliness of who Christ is. Yeah. Uh, and I loved that. I mean, that was that was so good for my soul. Yeah. Um, I just finished another book by a guy named Philip Carey um, called Good News for Anxious Christians, 10 Things That You Don't Have to Do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a, that was a wonderful, wonderful little, little book. Um, it's kind of – the, the whole premise of it is just taking everyday ideas that Christians have and showing how they're totally wrong, um, biblically speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, also reading through Sinclair Ferguson's um, Some Pastors and Teachers, which is a wonderful book. Cool. Um, a book I think every pastor should should read at some point in their ministries. Yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, so that's a few of the books I'm reading at the moment. Yeah, nice, good. And um, in terms of... Uh, any uh, podcasts or anything, you know, just trying to use mm-hmm. the opportunity to to uh, recommend some stuff, you know, getting out of our own bubble on the podcast. I've got Andre on usually and Nick and so you know yeah. and, and Chris, but uh, yeah, what, what are you listening to? So I uh, I like Presbycast in terms of Christian podcasts. I don't actually listen to many Christian podcasts, right? Um, but yeah, Presbycast would be one I'd recommend or. or um, What's R. Scott Clark's podcast called? Oh, wow. Hide All Cast? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, he's also got the Office Hours. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. So anything um, R. Scott Clark does is good. <laughs> well, yeah. No, nah, he's, he's hard-hitting, and uh, you'll definitely get his opinions. But, uh, yeah, that's yeah. good. In terms of Kleinian, Meredith Monday stuff, boom, yeah. there it is. Um, yeah. I've got a podcast recommendation for you. Oh, do you? Yeah. There's a guy, um, what is his name? Jordan Cooper. Have you ever heard of him? No, I haven't. Um, he is, he sort of grew up in a Presbyterian family and, and, uh, interesting story. I think, I think he'd be maybe your age or my age or somewhere in between. Um, but you know, just a, a good, um, solid thinker. And, um, he has gone over to Lutheranism, which makes it very interesting. You know, he started off in, oh, really? in Reformed theology. Yeah. So he, he's very wow. aware of Reformed theology. I think he might've even studied it. Westminster or something, something along those lines. Um, but he's friends with Chris Kai, for example. 
And um, yeah, he he's very you know he wears the robes. I mean, he he goes all the mm. way now. He has embraced Lutheran theology with all of its quirks, and and even you know in spite of what he knows about Presbyterian theology, which is not something I hear about often. Um, and mm. as I was saying to Chris, it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, I've always found it very strange to speak to Lutherans. It's such a weird experience, you know, in that really? we're, we're kind of agreeing, but we're not agreeing. I think it's just that they don't accept the covenant idea at all, you know, in terms of the covenant yeah. of works and covenant of grace. And it's, mm-hmm. yet they do agree on the law and gospel thing. And mm-hmm. so we speak the same language, but we just don't understand exactly what we're saying to each other. It's the, mm-hmm. I find it very, very strange. You constantly have to go back and, and, and repeat things. But anyways, I don't, uh, Chris recommended this uh, podcast to me mm-hmm. and um it's called uh let me just see just and sinner it's a podcast just and sinner okay. so yeah probably one of the I, I really i'm enjoying it it's he's one of the best lutherans i've well you know he'd be in that um you know, some of the other good guys who's the guy in white horse again um Rosenblatt. oh yeah totally Rosenblatt. Mm-hmm. and have you heard of 1517 the whole website the media empire no, I haven't. Oh man, there we go. You need to check, check that out. out as well. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. all Lutheran and and mm-hmm. uh, just going for it all in that white horse. Are, are you trying to make me Lutheran? Mark? Well, um, you know, I feel like I just need <laughs> to put it out there for you. I just I feel guilty that I'm enjoying the treasures of Lutheranism without you knowing. You know, no, well, uh, I appreciate that. I have such a soft spot for Lutheranism. Yeah, I totally. really do. Totally. Yeah, yeah, I know that. And it's it's because of the, it's because of the law gospel, two kingdoms. Solar feed day, you know, yeah. like those, those are such big issues well, that so issues. many people get wrong. That's right. And, and, and so many people in the reform world get wrong. Yeah. And so I've got a real soft spot for them. Yeah. And I, I like the way I, they make excellent Lutheran guys make excellent sparring partners for Kleinians. Mm. I, I find it, it just, um, well, even it, not sparring partners, but just, they sharpen each other well. Um, I, see, yeah. I, you, I think you do see that on um, White Horse Inn. And mm-hmm. um, and really, yeah, there's, there are a few other relationships like that that I could think of. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just good. So more to, to recommend to everyone. I just think, remember now, I did, I did give you my, my Luther commentary set, didn't I? <laughs> so I am actually trying to make you Lutheran. Yeah, totally. You should go ahead and, and uh, yeah, check out those I'm things. If, but don't, I, 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 please don't become Lutheran because that actually will be my fault <laughs> right now. Yeah, it's, I'm in too deep, man. I, I'm dialing back. I'm dialing back. Uh, totally. So, yeah, man, good to catch up with you. Good to hear things are going well. Um, any last thoughts for Meredith Monday? We're on about 25 minutes, so that went quick. I, oh, I know it's probably been said before, but, I mean, in terms of his name, Meredith. Yes. What, what do you think his parents were? Where do you think they were going with that? Do you have any idea? They probably thought he was a girl. <laughs> I don't know, but I, all I do I do know that if we were going to have another child, yeah. I would not get the pregnancy test, you know, or the not the pregnancy test, the scan thing that tells if it's a boy or girl. We yeah. did that with all our kids. I wouldn't do that with this kid, and I would I would name that child Meredith before he was born or she was born. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. It's like the all encompassing name. Yeah. yeah. So don't think that's going to happen. You know, <laughs> I think we're we're sort of uh, at a level three. But um, yeah, it was a good thought. It was a good thought. Mm. Meredith, it's grown on me, you know, but it does attract mm. weird attention. Yeah, everyone, everyone hears that name and thinks that you're super liberal because you're into like women theologians uh, mm. until they find out that that's not the case at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Cool, brother. Well, hey, uh, thanks a million for joining us. Oh, good to catch up, bro. 
Good. That's Meredith Monday. And uh, stay tuned for uh, some more podcasts in this Sojourner Pie Week.